Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Civic marches. One. Animal rights placards in wave formations. Youth as mass tribe. Post-punk anarchists. To run into the crowd for that one opening. Protesters, banners aloft, acquiescing to my need to merge with them. Two. Doctors, nurses, Opposite, carabineros in khaki, the closest to me, hand on pistol. An ambulance behind hospital workers. Combat police on motorcycles invade from Moneda. A water cannon managing a U-turn in its narrow lane. Demonstrators, victims of an encounter with no violence. It was there could not be seen, but it was there. Heavy vehicles linger, as if the marches melting away furthers the chance that follow. A block away, Todokambia rises above the crowd. Maybe this was the message, across thoroughfares, descent in streets of relentless shadow. You're on Community Radio 3CR. This is the Spoken Word Programme and I am Santo Katsati. And to open our programme today, we heard Civic Marches by Edward Caruso, who is today's guest on the programme. Welcome to Spoken Word, Eddie. Thank you, Santo. It's a pleasure to be here. So um, that poem was about uh, Chile. Can you tell us something about uh, your uh, very strong interest in Chile and Argentina? I happened to journey to um, Chile and Argentina six times between the years 2005 and 2011. I just had to keep going back. I, I found the, both countries absolutely fascinating. I did end up spending more time in Chile because I had a girlfriend there. But um, having the opportunity to actually stay in a house, I was able to get to know quite a number of people, including other poets. And so... Um, Chile post-dictatorship was quite interesting and it fed into a number of poems which I hope to read today in, for this program. For sure, because well, I do, we'll ask you to, to, to do a few more. Um, so you mentioned the dictatorship. Uh, do you have any particular um, uh, ideas or positions on the dictatorship? Many years ago, I happened to see the documentary by Patricio Guzman called Batalla de Chile and when I did try and track it down in Chile, nobody could actually tell me where I could get a copy. But on watching that documentary, it just gave me the feeling of actually being there. So when I was walking around the streets of um, Santiago especially, I, I just felt that the shadow of that documentary and the shadow of those, those times were, were with me. And it just left quite a deep impression on me. Yeah, well, um, you know, um, the views expressed on this program are necessarily those of the station, and we didn't think much of the Pinochet dictatorship uh, in Chile, and indeed we have plenty of Latin American programs that would agree with us completely here on Community Radio 3CR. This poem is called Guerson M, and it's about a fortuitous encounter with someone who was actually around during the dictatorship years. 
Guersonem approached as I photographed Gladys Marin Milly's tomb. Three rusted sheets of metal with her portrait cut into one, the face as resonant as the hammer and sickle projected onto the second sheet by shadow. Guersom asked if I knew who she was. Secretary of the party, and during the junta I asked, the only reply, exile. Past the mausoleum with the Persian arches, to the stone tombs with widening columns and no capitals, we reached Allende's site. I was drawn to the last speech, in a block above the stairwell, too difficult to read as the sculpted letters were the same colour as the stone. Guerzom, exiled in Argentina for 18 years. He'd returned and we'd met in this cemetery by accident. He recalled Victor Hada in blue jeans and with a wondrous pose. The vagabond, troubadour description of a figure deeply loved, but in view too briefly. Guerzom, a slight figure with not a single white hair. Aged by tobacco, gesticulated as he spoke of a hijacked democracy and press in too few hands. His first-hand knowledge punctuated the concrete surfaces of the tombs, the mythical centuries of a transplanted classicism, a view of the sky and green, the surreal smell of lawns and regular funeral procession. I implored Guerzon to value his health, the smoke that circled us dismissed. He stood over Allende's speech, words to be read to a small crowd that would gather in some future to render this death less solitary. Exile in many epitaphs, we could air our ideals, these tombs, the strict lines and stone walls, miniatures of public buildings, each quarter a city to be brought to life in the imagination. Unable to bring back a single life, we were present in this search for symbols denied by some, endlessly affronted by others, in the families of those thrown to the sea, who will never know of this conversation. For a few hours of personal liberty, a civic conscience can be revived before dissolving in another part of, a, of town by a murky view of the snow-capped Andes. Guersom, man-figure, closer to the party than me, our embrace before the tomb, the question mark of any future encounter at this site. Muy bien, voy a preguntar Por ti, por ti, por aquel Por ti que quedaste solo Y el que murió sin saber Muy bien, voy a preguntar, por 
por ti, por ti, por aquel, por ti que quedaste solo y el que murió sin saber, que murió sin saber. Murió sin saber por qué le acribillaban el pecho luchando por el derecho de un suelo para vivir. Hay que ser más infeliz el que mando disparar sabiendo cómo evitar una matanza tan vil. Puerto Mono, Puerto Montt, Puerto Mono, Puerto Montt, Puerto Mono, Puerto Montt, Puerto Mono, Puerto Montt. Usted debe responder Señor Pérez Sujovich, ¿por qué al pueblo indefenso contestaron con fusil? Señor Pérez, su conciencia la enterró en un ataúd y no limpiarán sus manos toda la lluvia del sur, toda la lluvia del sur. Murió sin saber por qué, le acribillaban el pecho, luchando por el derecho y un suelo para vivir. Hay que ser más infeliz, el que mandó disparar, sabiendo cómo evitar una matanza tan vil. Puerto Mono, Puerto Montt, Puerto Mono, Puerto Montt, Puerto Mono, Puerto Montt. Puerto Mono, Puerto Mono. That was the singing and poetic and questioning voice of the great Victor Jara, who was tortured and killed and had his guitar-playing hands cut off or crushed or something like that by Pinochet in 1973, as an example to any artist who wanted to stand up to his dictatorship. It's worth reading the translation into English of that song, which was uh, called Questions About Puerto Montt. Very well, I'm going to ask for you, for you, for that one, for the one who stayed alone and the one who died without knowing. He died without knowing. They riddled his chest with bullets as he fought for the right to a piece of land to live on. Ay, what an evil man, he who ordered fire, when he could have avoided a slaughter so vile. Puerto Montt, oh Puerto Montt. And the song uh, tells of a massacre that occurred in the southern town of Puerto Montt in 1969. You're on Community Radio 3CR. This is the Spoken Word Program, and it is being presented today by Santo Cazzati, that's me, and I'm in the studio with my guest today, Edward Caruso. So, uh, Eddie, the next area that uh, I'd like us to um, uh, go through in this program is the question of the indigenous populations of Chile and Argentina, so I'll hand it over to you. Thank you. I have brought in a couple of poems today, and the first one I'll start with is one called Ciudad Fantasma Jesuita Paramidios. Now, I managed to visit Paramidios, which is in Argentina on the Andean side, and what did we have here? Um, but a, an actual mine run by Jesuits in the 17th century, and they used um, indigenous labor. 
and often slaves, um, and they were exhausted in the mining of gold, silver, lead, and zinc. And when some of these um, poor indigenous people could not work any further, they were just kicked out and forced to cross over the Andes back to Chile or wherever they came from. Okay, first poem, Ciudad Fantasma Jesuita. Salt at over 3,000 meters between Puricordillera and Cordillera. To reach the mines, ores, veins of lead and silver, fool's gold and memories of indigenous slaves naked in shafts of fraught winter. After 20-hour days, once the body broke down, expulsion, on foot to Chile, without food and with little clothing, in these valleys whose gales descend from a via crucis, wooden crosses and desert bushes. Beyond, Tupungato, its crest ever blanketed, spent hearth hovering as breath, sky turned to glass. These hours of following snow, a blind Prometheus, his only accompaniment, intense winds across ascending terrain. This final journey, Tupungato allures. The voice of Edward Caruso reading his poem, Ciudad Fantasmal Jesuita Paramilios. Uh, you've got more writing on South American indigenous themes there, Eddie, yes? Certainly. I'll just give a little bit of background to the second piece on the theme of indigenous um, Americans. Uh, the culture of the Americas is a fusion of indigenous African and European cultures. The arrival of the conquistadores from Spain and the other colonizers, especially from Portugal and later from France and England, led to what could be seen as probably the largest or the greatest human catastrophe ever unleashed. Estimates of indigenous population numbers at the time of Columbus's arrival are as high as 120 million people, with the drop after colonial impact to as low as 10 million people. That's 110 million people disappearing. More specific to the poem I'm about to read, the northwest of Argentina, the provinces of Jujuy and Salta, uh, they were once Inca territory, and three mummies were found in the Andes in the region. They were sacrificed in a ritual believed to have taken place in the early 1500s. The children were drugged, placed in a chamber, and left to die. They were messengers to the Inca gods. An exhibition of one of the mummies influenced my poem, Salta Cycle. One. Shrouded skies, the wearying dry, floating horizons and more gales. When they clear, the humid disk of a whitened cosmos blinds. In this landscape, no gust can breach the runoff of rain that corrugates rock faces until a sign for Atacama signals a field whose level has risen over three years, the ground now halfway to the first boughs of a tree used as a marker. Cacti, an adobe settlement, its interior a momentary retreat. 
the original inhabitants gone, valleys and glare, divine stones raised into walls alongside dissolving tracks. Ancestors, to exalt this sun in their place, emotions, perceptions of self linked to otherness. If there could be endless trails through perdition and appeasement with the deities and ancestors of these lands, this return with a handful of coca leaves, in them vistas, silhouettes. Salvation in solitude, desert rocks covered by white markings, human and animal figures, the hieroglyphs of a dissolving breath, from one incarnation to another, symbols, eyes inside pyramids, sun's rays in the divinity of earth. In a life of horizons, constellations so romanticized it's impossible to imagine any original inhabitant with myopia out here. They're young, unfathomable afterlives. Two, a preserved body wrapped in shawls and veiled, her face bared to a lightning strike. Some five hundred years after her pilgrimage to the snows, where is the child and her ancestors? Glass panes form her cage. Should its electricity cut out, Lightning Girl will be too far from Lulia Haiko to be kept by its snows, they too thawing. More like inquisitive children than capricious gods, we invent, preserve whatever artefact is dug out with this figure and her companions, virgins of the sun, intermediaries left to the volcano's extinct peak, the, the final pilgrimage and rite. Lightning girl, not sent to her death, but to snows and to a juncture, inner and outer, to constellations. You're on Community Radio 3CR. This is the Spoken Word Program. Now, my guest in the studio today, Edward Caruso, and myself share a love of the poetry of Pablo Neruda. Eddie has written some fabulous poetry specifically inspired by and referencing Neruda, and we'll hear that uh, pretty soon in the program. But first, uh, I thought it would be good to hear some of the poetry of Neruda himself, so I will read one of my favourite Neruda poems. I'll read it first in an English translation, and straight after that I will read it in the original Spanish. The United Fruit Company When the trumpets had sounded and all was in readiness on the face of the earth, Jehovah divided his universe. Anaconda, Ford Motors, Coca-Cola, Inc. and similar entities. The most succulent item of all, the United Fruit Company Incorporated, reserved for itself the heartland and coasts of my country, the delectable waste of America. They rechristened their properties, the Banana Republics, and over the languishing dead, 
the uneasy repose of the heroes who harried that greatness, their flags and their freedoms, they established an opera bouffe. They ravished all enterprise, awarded the laurels like Caesars, unleashed all the covetous, and contrived the tyrannical reign of the flies. Trujillo the fly, and Tacho the fly, the flies called Carillas, Martinez, Ubico, all of them flies, flies, dank with the blood of their marmalade vassalage, flies buzzing drunkenly on the populous middens, the fly circus fly, and the scholarly kind, case-hardened in tyranny. Then, in the bloody domain of the flies, the United Fruit Company Incorporated, unloaded with a booty of coffee and fruits brimming its cargo boats, gliding like trays with the spoils of our drowning dominions. And all the while, somewhere in the sugary hells of our seaports, smothered by gases, an Indian fell in the morning. A body spun off. An anonymous chattel. Some numeral tumbling. A branch with its death running out of it in the vat of the carrion, fruit-laden and foul. La United Fruit Company. Cuando sonó la trompeta, estuvo todo preparado en la tierra, y Jehová repartió el mundo a Coca-Cola Inc., Anaconda, Ford Motors y otras entidades. La compañía frutera Inc. se reservó lo más jugoso, la costa central de mi tierra, la dulce cintura de América. Bautizó de nuevo sus tierras como repúblicas bananas. Y sobre los muertos dormidos, sobre los héroes inquietos que conquistaron la grandeza, la libertad y las banderas, estableció la ópera bufa. Enajenó los albedríos, regaló coronas de César, desenvainó la envidia, atrajo la dictadura de las moscas, Moscas Trujillos, Moscas Tachos, Moscas Carías, Moscas Martínez, Moscas Ubico, Moscas Húmedas de Sangre Humilde y Mermelada, Moscas Borrachas que Zumban Sobre las Tumbas Populares, Moscas de Circos, Sabias Moscas Entendidas en Tiranía. Entre las Moscas Sanguinarias, la frutera desembarca, arrasando el café y las frutas en sus barcos que deslidaron como bandejas el tesoro de nuestras tierras sumergidas. Mientras tanto, por los abismos azucarados de los puertos, caían indios sepultados en el vapor de la mañana. Un cuerpo rueda, una cosa sin nombre, un número caído, un racimo de fruta muerta derramada en el pudridero. All right, that was me reading Pablo Neruda. So then, Eddie, what's your take on Pablo Neruda? Pablo Neruda was born Ricardo Eliser Neftali Reyes Basso Alto. 
He won the 1971 Nobel Prize for Literature. Now, when I first um, visited Chile, having a large um, volume of his poems that travelled with me was just paramount. And I had to take in the three house or three of the houses that he lived in, La Chascona in Santiago, La Sebastiana in Valparaíso, and the house at Isla Negra. There were subsequent visits to Paral, where he was born, and then to Temuco, where he grew up. The funny thing is, as a poet or as a writer in general, reading an author's work where it was written or where the author has lived um, helps to create a more intimate contact with the author's work, or at least it does for me. Um, even if the author is long gone, the feeling of having passed through, of taking in the atmosphere, walking the same streets, seeing the same buildings and people, taking in the same smells and fragrances and sounds, brings the original work back to life. It gives the feeling of entering the canvas the writer has created or been a part of. So I'll now read the, part, the third part of my poem dedicated to Pablo Neruda. While queuing in a Santander Santiago bank, I dreamed of holding up the cashier with a copy of Residence on Earth. If she'd hand over loot for poems, if verse could free capital, the crime, a prosaic turn by a blunted wit, yearning fields and skies, where land rises from salt. Here, in the premises of a large bank, which of your lines could be written on a deposit slip, its meter designated to the board of trustees in faith? How could we aggrandize the stones and see you loved in the eyes of this bank's shareholders? Let's hold up the bank with your works, or use them as deposits with pebbles, Indian flints, and stones for grounding grain. Part 5 La Chascona, a house in three parts. Rear of a ship, its bridge another corner. Views the Bella Vista of smog and skyscrapers. A mystical liner with secret doors, towers, and waterfall. Metal water flowing to a mock Pacific. In this abode of love, Matilde's presence, a double-faced Diego Riviera portrait. Your captain's demeanour and melancholy. Shelves of books violated when the junta failed to spare this place. By the ship's study, a bridge and hull. Nobel Prize Medal, Behind Glass. If this rewards one continuous expression of the senses and all that ruminating, the eye within, words and masks, surname borrowed from a Central European poet, it's enough to search out your works. The voice and poetry of Edward Caruso there, a poem in tribute to the great Pablo Neruda. So thank you so much, Eddie, for being my guest on the program today. And um, if listeners would like to get hold of your poetry in written form, is there some way that they can do that? Because I have actually seen your recent book, Blue Milonga. It's very visually arresting, photographs, poetry beautifully laid out. So um, tell us how people can get it. There are three ways. Um, one, if you see me walking down the street, just stop me and I might have a copy on me. 
But no, seriously, my publisher is Hybrid Publishers here in Melbourne. They do have a website, so if you do a search for Blue Malonga at Hybrid Publishers, um, you should be able to order the book directly from the website. Another way is probably to go to your local bookstore and, and see if they will stock it and, will, and if they will try to get a copy in for you. Blue Milonga by Edward Caruso. Okay, a few community announcements. There are many live poetry gigs that happen in Melbourne. A lot of them have open mics if you'd like to try your hand at sharing your work with others, or you can just go to listen. Check out the website melbournespokenword.com. That's all one word, melbournespokenword.com, all in lowercase, and you'll find out more about the scene. 3CR Spoken Word is on every Thursday morning from 9 to 9.30, and uh, 3CR is on the AM dial at 8.55. You can also... uh, um, hear us live on the web, www.3cr.org.au, live, but also um, you can replay this program on request for seven days after our first broadcast. Uh, and it's also on our website, that web address that I gave before, that you'll find our podcasts. Until next time, this is Santo Cazzati signing off and shutting down. Para la ciudad